I just want to just give God all the glory and all the praise. So today I'm going to be starting a new series that over the next few weeks will, you know, is going to teach us the word of God and give us understanding um, from the life of Jonah. I'm going to be starting a new series from the life of Jonah. And, you know, how many of you have read the book of Jonah? Yeah, how many of you know where Jonah is in the Bible? Not the, not the children's book that you read, but <laughs> it's one of the minor prophets in the Bible. It's a short book. It's four chapters. Yet this book contains so many life lessons that provides nourishments and nutrients to our soul, to our spirit, and to our body. And so after we complete this series, I want to encourage you, everybody that is watching me online, everybody that is here in person, as a church, we are going to go into a three-day prayer and fasting after this series um, to seek the face of the Lord based on what God reveals to us from the word of God. You know, and the four things that I'm hoping to achieve from the prayer and fasting and from this series is that number one, our spirits will be, our spirits will be reawakened. Amen. Number two, that God will help us to reassess our lives as we, you know, as we begin to round up this year. Number three, that God will read that we will be able to rededicate ourselves to God and to the call upon our lives. And number four, to allow the revival to take place in our lives. Amen. How many of you know we need revival? And in order to, for revival to occur, it must take place in you first. Amen. For a revival, if you're praying for a revival of our nation, you need to, it starts with us. So after we go through this series on Jonah, we're going to be um, you know, embarking on a three days prayer and fasting. And all of these, you know, and what God wants to do, I believe God wants to do something with us as a church and with individuals that is going to propel us into what God has, what God will do in 2022. So I want to encourage you, get ready for a transformation because over the next five weeks is going to be powerful and it's going to be full. Amen. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Amen. I know we're wearing masks, but I need you to in and to talk with me this morning. Let's, let's open our Bibles to the book of Jonah chapter 1. And I need you to come up on the screen, Jonah chapter 1. You're going to need something to write one. You're going to need something to take notes on because God is going to download so many things on us. And I hope everybody is awake and alert. Jonah chapter 1 for me, please. Thank you. That says you make the blind man see. That's not Jonah. That's not Jonah. I'm going to read Jonah chapter 1 in the NIV version. Please take me to NIV. Not the message. The NIV version. Whoa, that's all over the place. Okay, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because the wickedness has come before me. Verse 3, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found the ship bound for, for that part. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Verse 5, all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own. God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep what? Come on, somebody talk to me. To what? 
Thank you. Somebody talk to me this morning. Into a deep what? Verse 6. The captain went to him and said, excuse me, Jonah. How in the world can you sleep through this? Sometimes people ask me when my kids were younger, you know, having so many kids, how do you sleep through the noise that your children make? I'm like, you just get used to it. When you get accustomed to something, sleep is not a problem. One of my daughters, I'm not going to mention her name because she would probably will hate me after this. She can sleep anywhere. You will look for Miss Ruthie. I didn't mention that. You know, I didn't say that out loud. That was just my head voice. You will look for her and she would have gone to the bathroom and be sleeping behind the door, behind the door on the floor. Anywhere she, you know, she finds herself, she will sleep. We found her in a closet sleeping. We found her in some strange places sleeping. Till today, she will drive home from soccer and she will sleep in, the, you know, in her car outside the house. And you're like, Where, it, her car is here, but she's not inside. Then we would go outside and see her, her head is down, especially when it's dark. My girl is fast asleep. Anywhere she, you know, she closes her eyes, she will fall asleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Let us pray. Father, we pray from the book of Psalms 119 today that you will open our eyes to the wonderful things in your word. Let us understand the teachings of your word, O oh God. Give us understanding according to your word and grant us the discernment that we need this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus, we pray. And the church saying? Come on, and the church saying? Today, I want to speak to us on what I've tightened, what I've tightened, Lord Jesus, on what I have titled, Reawakening the Spirit. Somebody say, Reawakening the Spirit. I'm not, everybody's fast asleep in this place. Reawakening the Spirit. This side, reawakening. I think this mask thing is really having a problem. The spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I'm not referring to the Holy Spirit this morning, but I'm referring to your spirit and your spirit and your spirit and your spirit, just like our spirit, soul, and body. Amen. The prefix re is defined as again. To do something you have done before again to redesign, to rethink. The prefix can also be defined as back, like reduce, reflect, or revert. Overall, church, combining the word again and back, together we can better understand the prefix as go back and do it again. Is somebody following me? Go back and do it again. Or simply, Ramona, back again. Amen? Back again. Today, God wants to reawaken somebody's spirit to go back and to do again what he has called you to do from the beginning of time. Amen? God wants to do what? He wants us to go back and redo again what he has called us to do. Amen? So I want you to come with me on a journey as we take a detailed examination and learn the valuable lessons from the life of Jonah. Put it back on Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 for me and keep it on verse 1. 
verse 1. The Bible says, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, son of Amittai. Church, the, the first revelation we can see in our exploration as we reawaken in our spirit is that God speaks. Am I talking to somebody? God does what? God speaks. God speaks. God has never stopped speaking. Every day God is speaking to somebody. Amen. How many of you believe that God speaks? Am I even talking to an audience here? How many of you believe only two people raised up their hands? Three people. Do you really believe that God speaks? How many of you have heard God speak? How many of you has God spoken to directly? Priscilla's in the house and you didn't come and sing for us. Oh my God. One of the greatest artists in, in, in Alberta. Please help me recognize Priscilla all the way there. One of her songs is my, one of my, one of my, one of my all-time favorite songs is I Have a Friend. Uh, I Have a Friend, written by this amazing artist. If I knew you were here, you know I would have taken advantage of you. Uh, uh, Dio, you did not do well for me. Okay. God never stopped speaking. And like every, every day God is speaking to somebody. Amen. I know for a fact that I hear God every day. Sometimes I'll read a scripture. And then I'll be talking to somebody during the day and something will just click. A confirmation. Sometimes I'll be watching TV and something that I hear on television or on the radio will just jump out at me because I've been thinking about that thing. Amen. Sometimes people will be talking and they will have no idea that they're talking about something that God has been stirring in my heart. God is always speaking. God never stops speaking. And God speaks to everybody, whether you're a man or woman. Whether you're a boy, you're a girl. God speaks to you in different ways according to your character. And also according to your nature. Amen. God is, gonna, God is not going to come and start, you know, screaming and shouting at somebody that, you know, is very quiet and timid. God will speak to you in a way that you will know that it is God speaking to you. In a way that resonates with you. Amen. But my question today is, church, are we listening when God is speaking? Are we doing what? Are we listening when God is speaking? The Bible says, the word of the, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai. Can I tell you something? There is a story in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel, that three times God spoke to a young boy called Samuel. And this boy had no clue who was talking to him. Somebody kept calling his name. And the first time he heard his name, he ran to Eli and said, Pastor Ben, did you call me? And Pastor Ben says, no, I'm tired. Go back. You know, nobody called you. You're probably dreaming. Go back to sleep. The second time he heard Samuel, he ran to Pastor Ben again. Pastor Ben, did you call me? Pastor Ben says, will you stop waking me up? I'm in the middle of a nice sleep. I did not call you. Go back to bed. The third time Samuel heard it. No, I'm not dreaming. This time I wasn't even sleeping. I was wide awake and I heard my name. He ran back to Sam, you know, Prophet Ben. Are you, did you call me? And Prophet Ben, you know, being a prophet, now said, oh, hold on a minute. God is calling you. 
And when he calls you, this is what you say and this is what you do. Amen. No matter how old you are, you can hear the voice of God. Amen. No matter where you are in life, you can hear the voice of God. And church, what an honor it is that God will want to speak to us. Isn't it a privilege that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the majestic God himself will choose to come and have a conversation with you. Will take time out of his business and come and fellowship with you and discuss with you. Despite our imperfections, despite our sins, despite our flaws, God chooses every day to come and to speak and to share of himself with us. Amen? Isn't that an amazing God? David said in the book of Psalms chapter 8, Who am I that you are so mindful of me that you would consider me, think about me? When I thought about it, I'm like, who am I that you would even have time to come and talk to me? Or for you, or for your word to come to me. Out of all of the people, the billions of people on the earth, who am I that you would choose me? Our spirits to be awakened to the voice of God, to hear the voice of God, for the word of the Lord to come to us. Amen. That's the first revelation from the book of Jonah. The second revelation from the book of Jonah is that there is a mandate for everyone to go somewhere. Go to verse 2 for me. There is a mandate upon every single person on this earth to go to somewhere. Jonah chapter 1 verse 2. Go, the Lord says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. As we examine this book of Jonah, God not only spoke to Jonah, but God commissioned Jonah. The same way God has commissioned you. The same way God has commissioned you. The same way God has commissioned every single man, woman, boy, and girl on the planet of the earth to go somewhere. God said to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh. Go, I'm sending you on a mission. I'm sending you on an errand. Why Nineveh? Nineveh was the metropolis of the Assyrian monarchy. A great city. Great in people. Great in wealth. Great in power. And great in dominion. It was that city for some time that ruled over the kings of the earth. Nineveh, as great as it was, was a pagan and unbelieving city. Nineveh, as big as it was, was a country, a nation, without the knowledge of God, without the true worship of God. And that is where God sent Jonah to go. Just like Nineveh, today we have many great cities around us. We have great nations and great people, individual people, families who are rich, who are wealthy, yet they are still sitting in darkness and in the valley of the shadow of death, church. Despite all of the wealth, despite their status, despite their greatness, just like Nineveh, the wickedness, the unholy and ungodly lifestyle is that of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
And yet, if you remember a few weeks ago when we talked about the mercy of God, it was the same mercy of God that said to Jonah, go to this great city. You see, mercy triumphs over judgment every time. Nineveh was doomed because of its wickedness, which has risen up before God. But God doesn't just want to destroy. God will give us a new beginning, a second chance, an opportunity to repent. And so God, because God saw the potential in Nineveh, God saw that just as great as this city is in the physical, it can be great in the spiritual as well. God sent a man and says, go to Nineveh. Go. Some of the people that God is sending you to, can I tell you, will never come to church. Some of the people, some of the greatest people on this earth that need Jesus Christ will never come to church. You, my friend, will have to. Thank you. You, my friend, will have to do what? Go. You see, as churches, we're always waiting for people to come inside, to come to programs, to come to meetings, come to my church. But God said to, Nin to Jonah, this is a great city, but its wickedness is so bad, they will never come into the church. So I'm doing what? I'm sending you to go to them. Sometimes you need to come out of yourself and go to where people are at. Amen. They will never come to our programs. They will, that is why God says, go, not wait, not bring them in. God says, go and meet them. Do you know that? Do you know how many times Jesus went to people instead of waiting for people to come to him? Do you know how many people Jesus went out to reach? Even when they tried to hold him down and make him a king and try to, you know, contain him to one city. He said, no, I must go over to the other side. I must go over to that place because there are still lives over there that need me. Jesus was more focused on going than staying. God wants us to go to the lost, the needy, the desperate. Go to where people are at and meet them there. Rather than waiting for them to come to the church. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, let the church go to the people. Let the church do what? Come on, talk to me. Let the church do what? We need to reawaken our spirit and go to the Ninevehs of this city. Go to the Ninevehs of our community. Because God has given us a word. Somebody shout, reawakening. Come on, somebody shout, reawakening. We need to reawaken our spirits to what God is saying, to what God is doing. Amen. 
Joel chapter 2 verse 28 to 29 says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. These are the days that God is referring to. These are the days that God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh, not to stay, but to do what? Go. To go. To go. To go. To go. Go back to that Jonah chapter 1 for me. Let me ask you this morning. Jonah chapter 1 verse 2. It says, God gave Jonah a word to go. Church, what word has God given to you? What commission has God given to you? What vision has God laid on your heart? What dream is God birthing in you? Can I tell you something? Everything is about God. Your life is about who? God. Your life is about God. Your life is about God. Your business is about God. Your ministry, your family, your education, your career, everything is about God to preach, to teach, and to share the gospel with. Amen. Some of you have businesses. You have a vision for business. Can I tell you that your business is a ministry? Am I talking to business owners here? Your business is not for you to make money. And not be able to share the gospel. And not be able to lead people. Some of you have a career. You have a family. It's all about preaching and teaching and winning the lost into the kingdom. Amen. Some of you have dreams for your life. That dream is an avenue for sharing the gospel. Stop waiting for the church to organize meetings and programs and start waking up and going out and sharing your life with other people. Am I talking to somebody here today? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for someone to lay hands on you and says, thus say, the, thus say the word of the Lord. Go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus already commissioned you. You don't need another man to commission you. If God himself already approved you, nobody can disapprove you. Amen. Go. Go to that great city. Go to that great community. Go to that great company. Go to that place. And be a light for me. Church, it's time for the reawakening of our spirits to get up and go. Because there is a Nineveh waiting for you somewhere. Amen. There is a Nineveh waiting for each and every one of us that God is calling us to. Am I making sense to somebody this morning? Where is your Nineveh? Where is God sending you? It could be to a company. It could be to a business. It could be to church. It could be to the music. There are seven pillars in our society. Seven mountains. One of them is your Nineveh. 
there is a mountain of families where people are called to work with families. You could be a social worker, you could be a doctor, you could be a stay-at-home mom. That's your Nineveh to go and to preach the gospel. Your Nineveh could be your business. Some of you, God has called you into business. That's your Nineveh to share, to share the gospel. Some of you, your Nineveh is in, is in the media. It's in the arts and the entertainment. It's in government. It's in politics. It's in the church. There is a place for every single one of you where God has commissioned you to go and to represent him. Amen. So what's the first revelation? Come on, what's the first one? What's the second one? Go. Today I'm here to reawaken your spirit to what God has called you to do. Amen. The third revelation is that opportunity will always present itself to desperate people. Opportunities will always present itself to desperate people. That's number three. When God gave Jonah the mandate to go, he did, Jonah did not listen to God. But the Bible says that in verse 3, go to verse 3, stay with me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to run away from who? To run away from the Lord. Instead of listening and doing what God has called him to do, Jonah decided that he could do things by himself. Jonah decided that, hold on a minute, God wants me to do this. I have my own plans. I have my own agenda. Jonah decided that, no, I'm not going to Tarshish. I'm not going to that great city. They don't deserve the gospel. He became judge and jury. And instead... He decided that he was not going to follow what God was telling him. Jonah decided to do his own thing, to follow his own ideas and ignore the voice of God. Now, remember, God spoke to him. God spoke to him. God appointed him. God chose him. And Jonah says, no. Jonah said what? He, he plainly said, no. God says, go. He said, no way. I am not going there. I'm going somewhere else instead. When you don't obey what God tells you to do, you are living in disobedience. No matter what you choose to do with your life, if you do not obey God, your whole life becomes about disobedience. And you can produce fruits out of disobedience. And you're thinking, I'm successful. But that doesn't count in the eyes of God. Amen. Jonah ran away from the Lord. He says, nope, I am not going. He found an escape route to get away from doing what he was told. And he forgot. Can you imagine? Jonah forgot that God is omnipresent. Everywhere at the same time. And this guy had the audacity to think that he can run away from God. When my children were younger, when they're doing something, I always know. There was one particular time I was sitting down facing this way, and somebody was doing something. I think they were stealing meat out of the pot. And I said, put it back, without even seeing them or turning around. 
And my kids are like, Mom, are you a witch? Because you always know what we're doing. I said, no, God just reveals everything about you to me. <laughs> and for years, I played on that. I said, no matter what you do, God will always tell me. <laughs> They'll be like, no, that's not fair. How do you know what we're doing? I said, because I have a God that watches over you. And he tells me everything. One of them decided to get into trouble, you know, and not tell me. And the Holy Spirit, which is so powerful, revealed it to me. And then she got into trouble. <laughs> and I asked her, I said, did you do this and this and that? How did you know? I said, because God said so. So I raised my kids to fear God and to fear me because God tells me everything. <laughs> Amen. Jonah forgot that you cannot hide from God who is omnipresent. Matthew Henry commented and said that Jonah went to Tarshish or to Tarsus in Cilicia, probably because he had friends there. And he thought that instead of doing God's will, he's going to go and hang out with his friends, wait until the dust settles, and then come back. Yeah? So he went to Joppa, a famous seaport in the land of Israel, to find a ship that would take him to Tarshish. And guess what? He found one. Can I tell you something, church? The third revelation is that the devil sure knows how to present opportunities to us when we are desperate. And it will look as if it is, God's, that, it is God that is giving us those opportunities. Jonah was desperate to disobey God and the enemy provided him with the ship that he needed, going to the place that he had people so that he, would, he wouldn't do what God was calling him to do. Opportunities will always present itself to desperate people. Let me tell you that. When you want to disobey God in order to do your own thing, the devil will always be ready to help you with transportation. Let me tell you again, when you want to disobey God, the devil is ready waiting for you with an Uber, with a black taxi, whatever you need to get you to where you want to go. There will always be a ship, there will always be a boat, there will always be one form of transportation that the devil will conveniently have ready for you. Have you been, you know, at a bus stop waiting for bus for hours and hours, they don't show up? But when you want to disobey God, they will come like... All lining up, ready for you. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. The devil used the serpent as transportation to deceive Adam and Eve. The devil used the lila as a form of transportation to destroy Samson. There is a transportation that the enemy will have readily available for you if you want to disobey God. And you will be thinking, oh, it just happened so easily. Things just fell into my lap. Things don't just fall into your lap when you're walking in disobedience. It's the enemy securing you in. Am I talking to somebody today? I want to ask you a question. Who or what is your transportation? Who or what is your form of transportation if you are living in disobedience? 
They will come in in a bid to help you, to save you, to be your friend. They will even quote scriptures. They will even pray. They will look innocent, but there is nothing holy about them. They are merely here to corrupt you, to drain you, not to bring you closer to God, but to take you further away from God. The devil tried to use Peter, who loved Jesus so much, to sidetrack Jesus. But guess what? Jesus, Jesus saw that, okay, this is my wonderful Peter, my friend. But he, he also had discernment that this is not Peter that is speaking. And Jesus said to his wonderful friend, get thee behind me, Satan. For you are not mindful of the things of God. When you are walking in disobedience, the enemy will have people and things around you that will enable you. That will support your disobedience. That will support your lifestyle. That will support what you are trying to do. The Bible says that after 40 days of fasting, Jesus was hungry. And guess what the devil did? The devil sensing that he may be desperate for food. He came to entice him with opportunities. The devil presented opportunities for Jesus. Knowing full well that this guy had been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He came, to, he came with opportunities. And he said, oh, come on. I know you're hungry. Turn the stones into bread. Jump off this cliff, this mountains, do this. And Jesus, every time, Jesus, because his spirit was awakened, despite his hunger, despite having not, having not eaten for 40 days and 40 nights, his spirit was alert, his spirit was awake. He, he had the word in him. And each time the enemy presented opportunities for disobedience, Jesus said what? It is written. It is what? written every time the enemy presents opportunities for you to disobey God for you to do what will not glorify God what are you saying back what opportunity has the devil presented to you to take you away from doing the will of God what opportunities has the devil presented before you are you in a relationship? Are you, are, you in, are you in a business deal, a contract, a partnership? Are you working on a project and you know full well this is taking you into Tarshish? It's not taking you in the direction God wants you to go. Am I speaking to somebody here today? If we are not discerning the spirit of God, if our spirit is not awakened to what God is telling us to do, we will not follow the call. Instead, we will give ourselves over to our own ideas and our own agendas. And can I tell you something? If your agenda is not God's agenda, your efforts will be fruitless. If your work is not God's work, your results will be in vain. If your focus and your energy is not God-driven, it will end in dead works. Jonah ran away. He found a ship. He found somebody to support his disobedience. And after paying the fare, 
building that relationship, signing that contract, he boarded and sailed away from the presence of the Lord. Can I tell you that when you interpret that story of Jonah correctly, you will find that Jonah was not spiritually awakened, right? He was not spiritually awakened. Even though God spoke to him, even though God commissioned him, his spirit was not awake. The evidence shows that Jonah decided to walk in his own understanding and do what was right in his own eyes and what was pleasing to him because of the actions that he took. Amen. He found, and because of that, he found himself in trouble with God, facing the consequences of his own disobedience. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, those of you that are here and those of you that are watching online, disobedience to the will of God will result in life-changing consequences. Disobedience to the will of God in your life will result in life-changing consequences. So beware of the opportunities that present itself to desperate people. Beware of the opportunities that are presenting themselves to you because you want to do your own thing. Somebody say reawakening. I know, come on, this is tough. Come on, somebody talk to me. Say reawakening. God wants to reawaken our spirits this morning. So let me check in again. What was the first revelation? God speaks. What was the second revelation? Go. And what's the third one? Opportunities present itself to desperate people. Those are the guys taking notes. Thank you. Opportunities present itself to desperate people. I pray that we are not desperate to, to walk in disobedience. The fourth revelation from the story of Jonah, and this is one that everybody needs to be very aware of, is that not every bad thing that happens to you is of the devil. Not everything that happens to you, not every bad thing that happens to you is the devil's fault. Go to verse 4 for me. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Who sent a great wind? Come on, who sent the wind? Who sent the wind? Go to Psalms 135 verse 7 for me. Psalms 135 verse 7. Psalms 135 verse 7 says, He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out from the storehouses wind. Did anybody get that? Psalms 135 verse 7. He makes clouds to rise up from the ends of the earth. He sends a lightning with the rain and he brings out of the wind. He brings the wind out of his storehouses. Verse 7. The wind came from the storehouse of God. And then if you go back to that Jonah chapter 1 verse 4. 
Stay with me on it. Jonah chapter 1 verse 4. It says, then the Lord sent a great what? Wind. From his storehouse, according to Psalms 135. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And such violent storms arose that the ship threatened, threatened to break up. Do you know that Jonah did not give God much credit? Jonah lost his common sense and his knowledge of who God was and who God is. And to get Jonah's attention, guess what God did? To get Jonah's attention and to make sure that Jonah is back on track, God caused Jonah's environment to be shaken. Are we all reading the same scripture? God caused Jonah's environment to be shaken. God shook his surroundings and made his comfort, his security, and his safety net all to shake and to collapse. Sometimes God will shake everything around you, will collapse everything around you just so that you can get your attention. Amen. If you're not in the right track, if you're, if you're off course, if you're not going in the will and the purpose of God, if you're not going in the direction that God wants you to go, sometimes God will send a great wind to shake everything around you. It's not the devil's fault. Amen. Not all problems are demonic. Not all situations are evil. Not every bad dream needs to be binded and casting. Sometimes the troubles that we're in, sometimes the storms that we're going through, sometimes the wind that is working against us has nothing to do with the devil. It's just God trying to get our attention. Amen. The Lord sent a great wind and such violent storms arose that everything that Jonah was relying on to get into where he was going began to collapse. Amen. All because God was trying to get his attention. Jonah, you're heading in the wrong direction. Some of you, you're wondering why your marriage is in problems. You're wondering why things are happening in your business, in your family, in your homes. You're wondering why things are not working out, why you're going through a storm. You're wondering why the wind is blowing against you. You're wondering why you're having so much problems and troubles. Have you thought about maybe God's trying to get your attention? Have you thought that maybe... You're heading in the wrong direction and God is shaking everything for you to wake up. Amen. God sent the wind. God caused a violent storm. And the ship threatened to break. There are some things that, there are some problems in our lives that we ourselves cause. We ourselves cause some problems and we're thinking the devil hates me. The devil is working against me. No, you purposely disobeyed God and you entered into that relationship and you're wondering why you're having so much problems. You purposely entered into that contract knowing full well what God spoke to you. And you're wondering why things are just not happening.
We spend so much time binding the devil that sometimes we forget to examine ourselves or to ask God what is going on. The Bible says when King Ezekiah was sick and he was told he was going to die in 2 Kings chapter 20, he did not stop binding the devil and fighting the enemies. The Bible says he went to God in prayer to say, God, what's going on? If I die, who's going to praise you? The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 25 verse 22 to 24 that when Rebecca was having difficulties with her pregnancy, she took the situation to God in prayer. To ask God, what is going on with my pregnancy? What is happening in my womb? Rebecca did not begin to cast out demons, bind and loose the enemy. Church, we give the devil way too much credit. We give the devil way too much attention that he doesn't deserve. Let me remind somebody here that not every bad thing that happens to you is from the devil. Maybe God is just trying to get your attention, trying to get you to sit up, pay attention. Jonah found himself in a storm because of his own actions and because of God's mercy to get his attention. It had nothing to do with the devil. Somebody say reawakening. Come on, somebody talk to me. Reawakening. Jonah was in a storm and the world around him was changing, but he did not even know it. He was comfortable. He had no idea that the comfort he was enjoying was destroying his future. Jonah was in a storm and he didn't even know it because he was not spiritually awake. He was not spiritually discerning. He did not realize that the storm that I'm in is, is destroying my future and my destiny. Because he was not spiritually awake, he didn't know that, number five, every decision has consequences and implications on others. Number five, let me repeat that. Every decision you make has consequences and they have implications on others. I'm going to say that one more time. Every decision, Jonah, every decision you are making has consequences and they have implications on others. Go to verse 5 of that Jonah chapter 1 for me. Keep it on there. The storm was so bad, it almost destroyed everyone and everything. The Bible says in verse 5, all the sailors were afraid and each tried out his own, and each cried out to his own God. Verse 5. And they, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he laid down and he fell into a deep sleep. Somebody say deep sleep. Come on, somebody's talk to me. Say deep sleep. Your, your disobedience, every decision you make, every decision you take, there are consequences attached to them. Your actions, your lack of actions, your obedience, your disobedience... It all has ripple effects, amen? It affects other people. What you do and what you don't do can cause pain or happiness. It can bring joy or sorrow. It can save or it can destroy. Just ask Jonah. I heard something one time. That for every decision that somebody, one person makes, it affects a thousand people. For every one decision that you make about your life, it affects a thousand people. 
Jonah's decision affected others. It affected other people's livelihoods. It affected their lives, their income, and their very health. One man's decision can destroy another man's life. Just ask a judge when he sentenced somebody to death row. One man's decision, Jonah's one decision, almost made a child fatherless. Almost made a wife a widow. Almost made a mother motherless. Somebody's decision to drink and drive can destroy a family. Somebody's decision to have an affair as a married person can destroy a family. Somebody's decision to relocate and move their entire family from one country to another can have an effect on their family and other people. Your decision to quit your job, to start a business, to go back to school, it has a larger impact than just you. Amen? Jonah did not realize that his decision was hurting others around him. Look at verse 5. Because of Jonah's decision and God trying to get Jonah's attention back, God caused the wind, a storm. And all the sailors were afraid and each one cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah, oblivious that his decision was affecting people, carried on with his life. We need to be reawakened in our spirit to know that for every decision we're making, they have implications beyond your immediate family. Your decision, you may think, you may, you may make a decision in your bedroom with your spouse. You may make a decision in your, in, you know, in your car you know, about your life, but your life is tied to other people's lives. We are all intertwined. Amen. You may thought you were doing the right thing, what was right in your eyes for you, but how about the others around you? What impact is it having on your family, on your marriage, on your work, on your community, on your church? Your decision has consequences and implication on others. Ladies and gentlemen, Jonah's decision was not simply about him or his career or his business. It wasn't just a decision about his marriage to end his marriage. Many lives are tied to every decision that people are making. Amen? Somebody say reawakening. Come on, somebody say reawakening. We need to be reawakened in our spirit to know what God is saying to us. To hear the voice of God. To follow the mandates of God for our lives. And to know that our lives are tied to other people's lives. Many of us are not aware of the impact our lives have on others. Bible says in the midst of the storm that Jonah caused, Jonah had gone below deck and he was fast asleep. Jonah was, was deep in sleep, exhausted from running away from God. From all of that running, you really do get tired. He was probably snoring and, and dreaming and in la-la land. But church... Jonah's resolution not to go to Nineveh had a, react, had, a react, had a reaction while he was hibernating. While he was hibernating, sleeping, there was panic going around the earth. There was panic on that ship. 
Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 13 verse 25, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed what? Tears among the wheat and then went away. What kind of sleep are you sleeping and you are oblivious to what is happening in your home? How disconnected are you to what is happening with your children? How much, how, how, how busy are you? What kind of spiritual sleep are you in? What kind of coma are you in spiritually that you don't notice what is happening around you? Can I tell you something that the devil will cause you to fall into a deep sleep when he wants to take advantage and to destroy? The enemy will occupy you. The enemy will distract you. The enemy will keep you busy because he wants to prevent you from carrying out God's purpose on your life. You will be so busy doing so many other things, but you're not fulfilling the purpose of God. That's the enemy keeping you busy. Girl, I'm so busy. I had to keep re evaluating my life. I'm like, I'm so busy, but am I busy doing the will of God, doing what God has called me, the mission, the vision that God has given me to go? Or am I busy walking in disobedience? God is trying to get our attention, but the devil is trying to occupy our attention. God is trying to keep us focused and on track, but the devil is trying to derail us and get us as far away from God as possible. Wake up, O sleeper, and rise from the dead. How many times has God woken you up to pray, and you're like, I'm too tired, I can't pray, it's been a busy day. How many times has God stirred up something in your heart to do, but you're like, ah, I don't have the time right now. I'm just not in the mood right now. It's because you're not spiritually awake. How many things have God laid on your heart to do, but because you're not spiritually awake, you make excuses. I'll do it later. Oh, somebody else would do it. Oh, it's not that important. How many times have you felt the urge to pray for somebody or to follow up with somebody but while men are sleeping, the enemy is distracting you. Proverbs 24 verse 33 says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. And guess, listen, let me add my translation to it. And spiritual poverty will come on you like a thief who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little, I'll do it later, not right now, I'm too busy. Spiritual poverty will come upon you like a thief, like the enemy who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Church, this is the season not to sleep. We are in a season not, that we should not be sleeping. We are in a season where we need to be spiritually awakened to what God is saying, to the mandate that God has given to us, to go where God is sending us to go and not be distracted, not to allow the enemy to occupy us. I want to close with this. We go to the last verse, verse 6. The captain went to him and said, Jonah, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we do not perish. Church, how can we sleep? How can we be disconnected? How can we be 
isolated? How can we be so busy that we don't notice something is wrong with your spouse? That you don't notice something is wrong with your child? That you don't notice that something is wrong in your business, something is wrong in your company, something is wrong in the church? The last revelation is this. Ignorance is not an excuse. Ignorance is not an excuse. You cannot say, nobody told me. You can't say, I didn't know. You can't say, I was busy. Ignorance is not a get out of jail free card. How can you sleep? How can you sleep when there is a storm happening? How can you sleep when your spouse is not talking to you? How can you keep on going? You know, continue in what is happening when there is tension, when your kids are not talking to you, when your business is not working, when your company is laying people off, when something is, when the numbers are going up, how can we sleep? The captain had to wake up Jonah. Sometimes people in the world, Bible says they are wiser than the sons of God themselves. They have to tell us, get up. Don't you know your house is burning? Get up. Don't you know this is what's happening? Get up. I heard your, I, your child told me something. I'm telling you now, get up. I read something that your child posted on social media. Get up. I felt this in my spirit. Church, I want to tell us today, it's time for us to get up. It's time for us to be spiritually awakened. To, awake, to be awakened in our spirit to what is happening around us. God has spoken. God speaks every day. Are we paying attention? God is telling us to go to our Nineveh. Are we paying attention? The enemy instead is providing opportunities to keep us distracted, to keep us occupied. But God in his infinite mercy will send a situation that you're probably blaming the devil for, but it has nothing to do with the devil. It's just God saying, wake up, you need to fix this. Wake up, you need to pay attention to what's happening. And you're like, I bind the devil. I bind every spirit. I bind this. I bind that. Girl, stop binding and start paying attention. Let's rise on our feet. Let's rise on our feet. And I want us to pray this morning as before we go. Just pray for me softly. Ignorance is not an excuse. Jonah cannot say he did not know something bad would happen if he disobeyed God. Everybody knows that for every decision there are consequences. You must expect some kind of reaction to your decision. How can you be spiritually asleep and be unaware that there is a war, there is a battle going on? Somebody says, if good men do nothing, they have done something. If you say nothing, you're saying something. If you, give, if you do nothing, you are doing something. If you go nowhere, you've gone somewhere.
Keeping quiet, waiting and hoping that everything will just work out itself is not always the solution, church. Sometimes it can work out for you, but sometimes you need to say something, you need to do something and you need to go somewhere. I want to ask you a question as you bow your heads. Are you spiritually awakened? Are you spiritually awake to what is happening? Are you spiritually awake to the voice of God? Are you spiritually awake to know what God is saying to you? Are you spiritually awake to discern the opportunities that are presenting themselves before you? Are you spiritually awake to make the right decisions for yourself and for your family and those around you. Are you spiritually awake? Or are you, are you fast asleep? Are you in a deep sleep? Are you too busy? Are you too preoccupied? Jonah, God gave you a word. God says, go. And you said, I'm not going. I have things to do. I have my own problems. I have my own life to live. I have my own business. I have my own plans. And then you wonder why things are not working in your life. You wonder why people around you are not happy. You wonder why you're miserable. Church, this morning I want you to pray, God, wake my spirit up. God, I want you to pray, God, I ask for a spiritual awakening this morning. God, I'm praying for a spiritual awakening this morning. Come on, open up your mouth and begin to pray. Come on, begin to pray. God, awaken my spirit, oh God. God, wake up my spirit today, oh God. Wake up my spirit to your voice. Wake up my spirit to what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Wake up my spirit to what is happening around me. God, wake up my spirit, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I'm asking for a reawakening of my spirit, oh God. I'm asking, oh God that Lord God that I will hear your voice again I'm asking oh God that I will walk in your ways oh God I'm asking oh God that I be alive again oh God wake up oh Lord wake me up Lord wake up my spirit God speak to me Lord God let me hear your voice reawaken me Lord reawaken the call of my life come and pray for God to reawaken your call the call of God upon your life ask God to reawaken that call ask God to reawaken you to reawaken your vision to reawaken your dreams to reawaken your voice come on begin to pray begin to pray that God will show you the distractions in your life. Begin to pray, God, show me the distractions in my life. Show me where the enemy has sidetracked me. Show me where I have missed it, oh God. And strengthen me to walk, to make the right decision. Come on, begin to pray that God will show you, that God will speak to you, that God will reveal to you the things in your life that are distracting you, that are occupying you, that are keeping you free, that are keeping you away from the, from the presence of the Lord this morning. I want us to pray that every decision that we make that has had a negative impact that God will forgive us and help us to, re to help us to make the right ones. 
I want you to pray, God, every decision that I have made about in my life, in my private life, Lord God, that is affecting others around me. Lord, first of all, I ask for forgiveness. And I ask for your help to make things right. I ask for your help to make things right. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray. Begin to pray and ask God. To ask God to forgive you and to help you to make amends for every decision that you have made that has had a negative impact on people around you today. Today, Lord, as you, the Lord is reawakening our spirits. The Lord is doing a new work in us. So today, God is rebirthing us. God is reviving us. God, revive my life. Revive my spirit. Revive the things that I used to do for you. Revive my passion, oh God. Revive me, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for a reawakening of our desire for your presence. A reawakening of our hunger for you. A reawakening of our passion and our zeal for your house. We ask that you will reawaken us to your will and to your way. Father, not our will, but let your will be done in our lives. Lord, reawaken our spirit today. Reawaken us, oh God, we ask in the mighty name of Jesus we have prayed. Amen and amen. Come on, if you've been blessed, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah.